see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Fancy a carbonated beverage or sparkling water, do you? Or maybe you like a nice ice-cold beer or hard seltzer after a hard day's work. You better lock into this pod then, as Pro Food World's Aaron Hand has some bad news regarding carbon dioxide. It seems there's a global shortage of CO2, technical science term, and it could impact your next beverage. Aaron walks us through exactly what is causing the issue and how steps are being taken to help alleviate the shortage and potentially rectify the problem. Let's have a listen. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, welcome back to the podcast, Aaron Hand. Thank you, Sean. Good to be back. As I like to say to all of our guests, the pleasure is all ours. So I've been reading Pro Food World as everyone listening to this particular podcast and all of our podcasts should be doing. And and I keep coming across CO2. I, I see it in the headlines. I've seen it in your stories. I've seen it in your so- stories from your colleague, Michael Costa. And I know that's what we're going to be talking about today, but just for my own, you know, personal, basically that's, we're talking about the bubbles in soda, right? <laughs> well, basically, but you know, I think uh, when people think about carbon dioxide, they don't necessarily think about the bubbles in your soda so much. Um, you think about carbon dioxide, you think about greenhouse gases and, and what they're doing to our climate. And so um, people don't realize how useful that CO2 byproduct is in a lot of food and beverage manufacturing. So not just the bubbles in our drinks, but it's used, for example, to purge vessels or cans or bottles before the liquid is put in. Um, It's used as a cryogenic agent for freezing foods quickly. Oh, okay. It has a lot of other uses for for cleaning within the food and beverage industry. Um, my understanding is is a lot of uses within the medical industry as well and other sectors. So yeah, it, it, I was going to say, I from what I thought, it usually gets painted sort of negatively, like you said, for greenhouse gases and things like that. But for for food uh, processing and things of that nature, I didn't realize it from a freezing standpoint. That that's interesting. So that's obviously something that uh that uh, would be necessary to use that wouldn't involve having to have um, more wastewater and things like that. So I guess the reason we're talking is, from what I understand from talking to you and from reading your stories, is somehow, despite (laughs) despite there being what it seems to be an abundance of it in the atmosphere, there's a CO2 shortage. So why? What exactly is going on? 
Right. Uh, this has been a, a really hot topic lately. I mean, certainly on um, my spring travel circuit where I, I was at BevTech and um, at Craft Brewers Conference, uh, people are pretty up in arms. Uh, you know, all of those folks are needing to put the bubbles in their drinks. Oh, I um, didn't even think it's beer and, and seltzers and stuff as well. Right. Anything that Oof. you've got carbonation in, that all comes from the, the now CO2. Now I'm locked in. Now, now, <laughs> right. now you got me. Okay. Right. So you've got the, you know, you've got the big names like Pepsi and Cola are, are figure prominently at, at BevTech. And, and, you know, you've got the big beer manufacturers there too. They might not necessarily have such a problem getting their hands on the CO2. But the little guys, I was actually talking to somebody at BevTech who's just a small soda manufacturer, and they've had to shut down production. And it just seems so odd um, for something just like bubbles in your drink. Um, and and at Craft Brewers Conference, they're very much in, up in arms because they're all little guys. you know. Right. So um, how this came about, I think we, we look a lot to COVID for a lot of our problems, and, and we might think they're temporary. But like so many things that we saw really exacerbated with COVID, they were problems that existed before and they will continue for quite a while. So um, you can look at COVID in terms of um, we all stopped driving less when yeah. we all had the lockdown. So um, CO2 comes primarily from the burning of fossil fuels. So when we're using less gas, there's less byproduct from that. And commercial CO2 production actually fell by more than 30% during that time. But there are so many other things. I'm guessing, yeah, I guess COVID, like everything else, was kind of, there was a fracture already there. And then COVID just kind of busted it wide open with, with like, I wouldn't even have thought of the driving or the burning of fossil fuels to create it. And that's the way that I guess, for the most part, is how we're getting our CO2 for use in food processing. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's in the 90 plus percent range that's where we're getting our okay. co2 and um, go back to what you were saying and i apologize for the interruption oh no problem it, you know it just pointing to yes covid created this issue and yes now we're driving more but there are so many other things going on in terms of energy pricing aging infrastructure you know those are old co2 plants that might be having reliability issues investor uncertainties um they look at something like co2 again it has that um what do you call it perception problem mm -hmm. um where it, it might sound risky to invest in something that's related to climate change um also the government is looking at this issue the same way the consumers are they're looking at it from a climate change perspective and not thinking about the need for co2 as much as they are thinking the need to uh get it out of our atmosphere. And um, and again, we can go back to supply chain, which is used as an excuse for everything. And we can put it, you know, the little air quotes around supply chain. Mm -hmm. But you've got young drivers who have no interest in trucking these hazardous materials around either. So, uh, you know, there's just so many things that add up to create this shortage. Interesting. So is that more from a perception thing as well, where it's a, it's a younger word I want to use, you know, environmentally conscious driver, for lack of a better word, or is it in general, they, d they don't want to because of the potential danger of it? I think it has more to do with the danger of it. This isn't okay. like um, trucking Amazon boxes around, you know, there's, right. there is a real hazard um, with 
driving these kinds of materials. Okay, so we've established why it's missing and, and, and where it's gone and, and all of that makes sense to me. But what I don't understand or how we're going to solve in the next couple of minutes is exactly what can we do? Like what people need their sodas, people want their 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 beer, their white claws, their their things with seltzer and not to mention that the like we we mentioned earlier, you know, the flash freezing and things like that. So I guess what is there to do about it? Yeah, and we're not going to solve it within the next couple minutes, and I'm not going to oh, get deep enough it. into the technology to, to so you can start building your little device at home. Um, but there are several directions to come at this from, so I'll kind of go down my list. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, nitrogen um, can be used instead of CO2 in a lot of cases, not all cases, But, um, you know, I mentioned that I had first heard about this early last year at IPPE show, affectionately referred to as the chicken show. So their messer was showing their new um, tunnel freezer and they put in the capability to switch from CO2 to nitrogen if people are having um, supply issues. So, you know, at, at that show, you're talking about little bits of of chicken or, mm-hmm. or other kinds of meats that are being processed. But these freezers are used for, you know, anything that might clump together in a bag. So, you know, say strawberries or, or tortellini or, or whatever that you need to freeze quickly so uh, that they can be put into a bag. So nitrogen is a good solution for that. Um, Atlas Copco was at Craft Brewers Conference last year. And, and again, talking a bit, a bit about this at Pack Expo this past year too about their on-site nitrogen generator which has been pretty popular with the craft brew okay industry um because they can use nitrogen they're not necessarily going to put it in their beer instead of co2 but they can use the nitrogen for purging uh their big vessels that they're they're brewing the beer in or for purging the bottles or cans I, I feel like I've seen that from like a, a dosing standpoint of like individual bottles and stuff like that with nitrogen, correct? Right. right. Okay. So CO2 is, is commonly used in that, but it, it's, I believe it's pretty easy to be using nitrogen instead. So Interesting. Um, now, you, how about in the drinks themselves? Right. So actually I find this so interesting because it changes the whole dynamic. I mean, you do have, you've probably heard of nitro Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Um, they've come out with nitro beers and, and nitro coffee too. But what I find interesting there is, is the whole, you know, you think about pouring a beer and you've got to tilt your glass and, and pour your beer into there so that you're not getting too much foam at once. Completely different story with nitrogen. You've got to tip your bottle hard and, and pour it straight down in there to get the right effect. And that's with the beer and with the Pepsi. Um, so would that be like with a Guinness? I feel like they may use nitrogen because I know it has to be. Now, see, you're just going to make me look completely ignorant. On no. Well, I, why would you know that? I'm just think <laughs> as a connoisseur, I'm, I'm simply speaking that I'm, I'm pretty sure. Drinker. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's one of the reasons why it's poured so slowly and tilted so much is because it's nitrogen. So that's interesting that it can be used across other beverages. Oh, uh, so, no, see, it's the opposite. You got to not pour slowly. You got to pour fast and hard. Pour, okay, pour fast and hard. So maybe yeah. it's not that. Okay, completely, you know, I just took a <laughs> shot. I took a swing, if you will. So, um, 
yeah, that is it, it is a possibility, but I think that is going to be more of a kind of a uh, just a, a fun little change in a drink, not something we're going to see on a regular basis. So, uh, but there are other other aspects uh, getting away from nitrogen. Um, the government, for example, or, or various governments, are starting to look more toward um, how the CO two could be re- reused. So. Right now, there are tax breaks in place for sequestering CO2. So the energy companies, rather than selling it commercially, are um, burying it. You know, So if they can put it in the ground, they're going to get more money back from the government than if they sell it to the commercial market. And so that is starting to change. I think we're seeing some movement toward offering similar tax credits for commercial reuse. But at this point, you get more back for sequestering. Okay. Um, Beer makers can actually generate CO2 during their fermentation process. So that's another route. They can capture their own CO2 and reuse it in, um, in their beers. And even to the point where they could recapture enough that they could start selling that as a new revenue stream. Really? That's interesting. Because I was actually, that was what my, my, one of my questions as I was thinking of this and we're trying to find solutions, I was going to say, is there ways to reuse or re, is there renewable CO2 if that exists? Is there, is there things out there that, that, you know, this is something that exists? Can it, can it, can it be reused for uh, multiple uses? Yes. So um, CO2 does, you know, as it comes off other processes besides uh, those fossil fuels, it can be reused. And and actually, they, you know, there are companies that are looking at renewable energies, renewable sources for CO2, um, like biomass conversion, uh, biogas upgrading. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Thomas from Arkea Energy was talking about that um, at BevTech, that um, Arkea was actually acquired late last year by P- BP, so this is something that the fossil fuel companies are very interested in. They're looking at biogas made through anaerobic digestion of organic waste. So when they upgrade that, they're able to separate out the CO2, which then is a renewable CO2 for commercial use. And then the remaining biomethane gets used as a renewable energy source. So there are lots of uh, efforts going on there. Um, Bob Yeoman, who who was the one, I can't remember if I credited him. He was speaking at BevTech, but he was the one really talking about that long list of things that has caused the CO2 shortage. His company is Spectrum Carbonics, and they are also providing renewable CO2. So there are several companies out there trying to figure out how to not only solve the climate issue, but thereby also solve the CO2 issue. Okay, so there's people coming at it from all angles to make sure, again, the environmental aspect of it, as well as, you know, we need our drinks and our and our flash freezing and things like that. Right. Very and I, I don't think this is going away anytime soon. So these are our long-term solutions. Okay. that's th- This is something that I never would have thought of, Aaron, and I really appreciate you coming on and explaining this to us because clearly this is something that we can't run out of. Um, so I just want to take take the time to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on here with us today. Sure. I enjoyed it. 
please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.